I'm going to ask you to pray, and I'm going to ask you to pray pray along the lines of, God, would you challenge me today? Now, you may not want to be challenged, so I guess you don't pray it, but then, uh, if you're willing, go ahead and bow your heads and uh, ask God to challenge you. Father, your word is comforting. Your word can be challenging. May we allow your word applied to our lives. Make us into the people that you want us to be. Challenge me. Challenge us this morning, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, I want you to think of a significant relationship that you have. Now, if you are married, then that probably is the most significant relationship that you have. Uh, If you're not married then you think of a significant relationship you have. It may be uh, a best friend. It may be a significant other. It may be a boyfriend, girlfriend, something like that. So get a person in mind. Don't just, I'm just, get a, get a person in mind, okay? A significant, Travis, you got that person in mind? Yeah? This way? Yeah, okay, good call. All right, person in mind. All right, now, if, if this relationship is a guy-girl thing, then when the relationship began, there was probably physical attraction and infatuation. Infatuation is where, when in the beginning of a relationship, that you think about this person a lot. You think about this person when you should be thinking about work, or you should be thinking about school, or you should be thinking about (laughs) driving. So when Rose and I were first dating, the poor girl thought of me all the time. (laughs) But times have changed. (laughs) Oh my goodness. So, okay, so with this, person that you have in mind. Remember how things were in the beginning of this relationship. So in the first month that you have a friendship or whatever, and then fast forward down the road six months, three year to two years, can your relationship exist two years down the road if it's where you're reacting to each other as you did at the beginning. So you behave this way at the beginning, and so now you're three or four years down the road. Can you have a relationship with this person three or four years down? Can you have a relationship with them if you behave with them the same as you did as whenever you were just beginning your relationship? Well, if you can, I feel sorry for you or the other person because it doesn't work that way. Because as time goes on, 
And as we grow in a relationship, things change. There is inevitably change in a relationship as time goes by, then we become dependable to the other person. And as we are dependable to the other person, we become dependent on, dependent in a healthy way, dependent on the other person in a maturing, in a growing relationship. We become dependable and dependent on the other person. I have witnessed, and you most likely have witnessed, successful couples who grew and matured in the relationship. And what they did for one another, they did acts of kindness and acts of thoughtfulness. They did big things and they did little things for the other person. And they did those particular things simply because they wanted to bring joy and happiness and security and contentment to the other person. We have watched those successful couples purposefully grow. We have watched those successful couples purposefully do what they needed to do to make the relationship grow. They purposefully did what they needed to do. Now, if you and I were to quiz these couples, these successful couples, that along the way as they needed to make change, and we asked them, did you find every change in your relationship? Did you find that every change was fun? And they would say, no. Did you find that every change was something you looked forward to? No, it was not. Did you find every change easy? No, those changes have not been fun or easy. And they didn't just jump right in when they knew a change needed to occur. Good changes, even in great relationships, can be very difficult. But if you love this person in this most significant relationship, if you love this person more than you love any other person in the entire world, if you love this person more than any person in the entire world, why would you not give your very best effort to change for you to grow in that relationship? The most important person to you in the entire world, would you not give them your very best effort? So the question, how has your relationship with God changed over time? You say you love him. You're doing this morning the church thing. He's forgiven your sins. Jesus has wiped them away. God's spirit lives inside of you. But has God made it clear to you that if you are to grow in your relationship with him, that there are things for your relationship to be stronger, that there are changes that he wants to make in you 
as you grow in that relationship? Has, has God made that clear to you? Though you're a Christian, though you're forgiven, though God's Spirit lives in has God made it clear to you that there are changes in that relationship that he still wants you to make, to grow, to make that relationship even stronger? How has your relationship with God changed over time? Maybe your relationship with God has been easy for you, but it ain't always for me. Because on relationships and changes with God, I struggle with those. You know how when you struggle with something and you find someone that you know and that you respect and you find out However we find out, you find out that they are struggling with the same thing. If it's a temptation or whatever, you find out that this person you admire, this person who is a, uh, somebody that's strong in the faith, and you find that they struggle with the same thing that you do. Are you glad that they struggle with that? I am. I know that makes me a slug because I'm glad they have this same problem I do, but there's something about somebody who's a stronger Christian in the faith and they struggle with the same thing. I find comfort in that. I don't want to wish them bad, but I'm glad you're doing this and I'm glad you're letting me know that you're doing this. So, so I have a dilemma. I want to grow closer to God, but there are changes that he wants me to make. And those changes that God wants of me require work. And I don't know that I'm really willing to do that much work. Honestly, I really do want to be exactly 100% who God wants me to be, but there are changes that make me uncomfortable in my relationship with God. And yet I know he wants me to make him. I wonder how God feels when he knows that I know I need to change, but I'm not changing. I wonder how God feels when he knows that you know there are changes you need to make but you're not making the changes. Does God ever feel like he's doing all the heavy lifting in the relationship? Now, now clearly, he's done stuff we can't do. The forgiveness of sins thing, that's clearly something that he can do that we cannot do. But it's clear from God's word that he expects us to be participating in a growing relationship with him. Okay, do not, do not raise your hand, but is there anyone in this room, do not raise your hand, but do you find that you have the same dilemma that I have in that it's difficult in growing in your relationship with God? I mentioned just a bit ago about finding a person that I respect that's a, a believer and they are struggling with the same thing that I'm struggling with and in an issue that I have I've found someone 
And you probably know this person who is struggling with the same thing that I am. And it just happens to be the Apostle Paul, the one who has written uh, many things in the New Testament. But in what we're going to look that he's written, and if you want to turn there ahead of time, Romans chapter 7. But in this particular passage, the Apostle Paul is talking about a dilemma that he has in wanting to be the person that God wants him to be, but he's finding it difficult to be who he needs to be. And he's finding he's not always successful. And so he says this about his struggles as he's not living up to God's law and he's having trouble growing in this relationship with God. Romans chapter 7, verse 14, I'm reading from the New International Version Paul says this. We know that the Old Testament law is spiritual, but I am unspiritual, sold as a slave to sin. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I don't do it. But what I hate, yep, sign me up. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. So, if we know Paul at all, we find all sorts of things in the New Testament that he has done that makes him a spiritual giant. The individual who is willing to put other people's needs in front of his, other people's wants in front of his needs. Uh, the man who is willing to be tortured and to be falsely accused of different things because of standing for Jesus. Or the man who is willing to die because he's wanting to stand for Jesus. That Paul that did all of these amazing things is not perfect. He is not perfect. And he and I relate on this issue. And I'm glad he told, I'm glad he, I'm glad these verses are in here because I can relate to this. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is sin living in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. So, do you ever find that you have the desire to do good, to grow in your relationship with Jesus, but like Paul, you fall short of the things that you know God wants you to do? For I do not do the good I want to do, but the evil I do not want to do, this I keep on doing. Now if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. Now is Paul here trying to make excuses for his wrong behavior? He's not. He's just being honest 
about the struggle for him to be the person that God wants him to be, for him to make the changes that God wants him to make. He's just being honest. He's not trying to say it's not his not at all. As he stands for Jesus, as he attempts to stand for Jesus, he has do you do you have struggles as you attempt to stand for Jesus? Paul continues sharing his weaknesses. So I find this law at work. Although I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in me, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law of sin at work in me. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? A number of years before Paul wrote this section of Scripture, he had left the country of Israel and was traveling north to Syria to the city of Damascus. In Damascus, his intention was to find Christians, ferret them out, arrest them, subject, subject them to ridicule and torture, and to kill them. That was his plan. Before Paul ever arrived in Damascus, Jesus made a special trip from heaven to pay Paul a visit. And in that visit that Jesus paid to Paul, in that confrontation that Jesus had with Paul, their conversation was such that Jesus gave Paul a choice. And he gave Paul three days to think about this choice. What if Jesus, starting today, gave you three days, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, to make a decision about something? It might be something that you've thought about this morning. It may be something that you've thought about for some time. But Wednesday, Jesus is coming to you, and he is going to get from you a yes or a no on this decision. At the end of those three days that Paul had as he was thinking about the conversation he had with Jesus, a man by the name of Ananias came to Paul and presented to him again very clearly the choice that Paul had to follow Jesus or to not follow Jesus. Paul said, I'm going to follow Jesus. And in a matter of moments, when after Paul had made that decision, then he and Ananias left the room in which Paul had been for the past three days, and they walked out to wherever there was a nearby body of water, I don't know where it was, and because Paul had made his commitment to follow Jesus, Ananias then 
baptized, he immersed Paul right then and there. Now, as soon as Paul had become a Christian, he started talking to people. He didn't waste any time. And when he was talking to people, he was telling them about how they needed to follow Jesus. Now, the last time these people had heard Paul, he was wanting to kill those who followed Jesus. And now here he is, this guy that is following Jesus himself. They were confused because Paul had made an amazing transformation. And this guy, this guy, Paul, who has done all sorts of great things for God, this guy who's made an amazing transformation, this guy is the same guy who struggles being the person he needs to be all the time. What a wretched man I am who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death. Thanks be to God who delivers me through the Jesus Christ, our Lord. How can I experience this deliverance? How can I be closer to God? How can I resist temptations and stay true all the time to God? So would you like to experience this deliverance that Paul talks about? I have two groups of questions. In group A, there are three questions. In group B, there's only one question. The first question in group A. Do you want to be closer to God? Do you really want to be closer to God? Question two, do you want to have a great relationship with Jesus? Question number three, do you want to be able to resist temptations and stay true to God? Okay, those three, closer, great relationship, resist temptations. Or group two, do you simply want to hang on to the, to the forgiveness that you've already experienced? That when you die, you go to heaven. You want to hang on to that. But you really don't want Jesus messing around in other areas of your life that you want to kind of keep to yourself, to where you do your thing. Now, I want to stay forgiven. I want to make it heaven. But I really don't want Jesus poking around in these private areas of my life and changing me further. If you could know something that would genuinely help you to grow closer to Jesus. If you could know something, 
that would genuinely help you to grow closer to Jesus? Would you like to know that? When we became a Christian, our sins were unquestionably forgiven. And though our sins were unquestionably forgiven, God's Word talks about for those of us whose sins are unquestionably forgiven, that there is something still within us that God wants to change. Now, we're forgiven, but God still wants to work in us and change something. What He wants from us is for us to be holy. He wants us to be sanctified. And what those words mean are the same. And what they mean is if we are holy, if we are sanctified, we are set apart to God, for God, for God to do whatever he wants with us as we are holy, as we are sanctified, and as we are set apart to him. Peter, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verse 14, says this, As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Now, Peter says this, not Paul. Peter says this, and he calls them children, his readers then, and for those of us today who read this, he's wanting them to know that he knows that they are followers of Jesus. He wants them to know that. But he says in this verse, there's one other thing that they need to do. They need to be on guard against sin. Peter goes on to say a second thing in that they need and we need to be holy. And he says that in verse 15 and 16. But just as he who called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I am holy. So to these Christians, to those of us that are Christian, Peter says, Though we're already Christians, we need to be on guard against sin and we need to be holy. I fight against being holy. I don't find it easy. I find there are uncomfortable things that God wants me to do that I don't want to do. Now, honestly, I, I, I do want him to be in charge of everything, and it's a process. I 100% want him to be in charge of everything in my life. But the changes, do you find them easy? I'm going to share some scriptures that speak of how you and I, fellow travelers, Christians, those of us who are following Jesus. I'm going to share several scriptures that show how we can be holy, how we can be sanctified, and how we can be set apart 
to God and for God. And I'm going to share an insight or two that helps me draw closer to God. And I'm going to do that on September the 25th. I'm not going to do that today. All right? Would you bow your head, please? Perhaps as we've talked about the struggle that Paul clearly lays out for us in Romans chapter 7. Maybe you struggle with something. And maybe God's Spirit has brought that to your mind and He is saying change, challenge, difference for you. And if that's the case, then do you accept that challenge to allow God to change you or to simply begin the process of change? Do you give God permission to go into those areas of your life that typically you don't want him to be? Do you give him permission to go there? The person that has forgiven you, who wants only the best for you, do you give him permission to work in your life for change? If you have never become a Christian, and most of us in this room are, but maybe you're not, and you want to, or you screwed up big time and you really want to talk with someone and get it off your chest and begin a process of restoration. Maybe you want someone to pray with you. Maybe you want to know what your next step would be in getting closer to God. If any of these decisions apply to you, when service is over and you exit this room and you go into the lobby and you look over to the right and you'll see our welcome center. There will be individuals over there who will meet you. If a private conversation is required, you can take off and go down the hallway. I would encourage you, if God is speaking to you right now, if God's Spirit is touching your heart, and wanting you to converse with someone or make a decision, do not put it off. If you're online and you're watching, listening, you can get in touch with us through the email address or the phone number, and we can set up a time to talk. Father, Thank you for loving us enough to send Jesus to forgive us. Thank you for your spirit that lives in us and challenges us and guides us today for those of us who have become Christians. And Father, thank you for your ongoing challenge for us to change, 
to be more like Jesus. May we make room for you. 100%. That you might have your way and be in us who you want to be. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.